Today on the newscast, top Israeli strategic analyst Elliot Chodoff is back to break down why Iran is vowing revenge against Israel, why the Persian Gulf nations are snubbing the Biden administration, and why Russia's invasion of Ukraine is not going according to plan. That's next. Folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. We're going to get right into it today with our good friend, Israel Defense Forces Reserve Major Elliot Chodoff. He is back with us, top strategic security and military analyst, to break down Iran's latest threats against Israel over Syria. This is a big one that you are not hearing about in the mainstream media. Plus, why has Russia's invasion of Ukraine stalled and What about that Israel-Putin relationship that we see playing out in real time right now? And why are Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates snubbing the Biden administration? And what does it have to do with Iran? Take a look. Elliot Chodoff, great to have you with us as always. We've got a lot to discuss, including a Russia-Ukraine update. But I want to start with a very important story. The Iranian regime is threatening revenge against Israel over the death of two Iranian Revolutionary Guards Corps members this week near Damascus. Can you give us an update on that? We were taking out, as we have been, our primary targets in in Syria are attempts to upgrade Hezbollah primarily qualitatively, not just quantitatively. And these guys were the heads of the project to upgrade Hezbollah's missiles precision accuracy. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think this was an accident. I think we took them out as part of the the targeting. And Iran, of course, immediately um, calls for revenge. Here, I think it's very important that they are extremely limited in their capabilities since the Trump administration took out Soleimani a couple of years ago in Baghdad. Remember, Soleimani was was the head of the Quds Force. He was very, very well networked and connected throughout the Middle East, Syria, Hezbollah, and the like. And whenever something similar to this would happen, even on a smaller scale, would happen in the past, we would immediately get hit by rockets on the Golan either out of Lebanon or out of Syria. That was kind of an automatic Soleimani response. And today, they just don't have that immediate capability. I mean, Iran is certainly growing in, in its strategic levels and its nuclear program and that sort of thing. But the, the taking out of Soleimani, which we apparently had a hand in for good reason, uh, really, really set them back on the level of terrorist guerrilla insurgency level striking. So what we're looking at and, uh, from recent experience is we'll probably see some sort of drone operation. We've hit their drone capabilities as well in in Syria, but it isn't all that difficult to get a couple of them up into the air. So that's what I think we're going to see. Yeah, I also think of Iran's MO, Elliot, of striking at Israeli and Jewish targets globally, embassies uh, and the like as well. And you mentioned Soleimani, of course, the Iranian regime still breathing threats of revenge uh, for the death of Mohsen Fakhrizadeh as well. And they that's right. That's right. Hey, it's a long list. It is a long list and a growing list. 
Hey, speaking of the Iran nuclear deal, which you just mentioned, it looks like this thing may very well be revived in the coming days in Vienna. Very interesting report today that the UAE and Saudi Arabia are declining calls from Joe Biden. He wants them to pump out more oil, of course, as Russia, Ukraine is raging. Why would these Sunni Arab nations decline calls from the U.S. president? They're not reviving the Iran deal, the JCPOA. They're downgrading it from our perspective. In other words, Iran is getting a lot more out of this deal than they were supposed to get out of the previous one. Now, let's keep in mind, the Iran side of it is a constant. They're going to cheat anyway. They don't care what what it says that they have to do. All that interests them is what they're getting out of it. And apparently, um, Mali, who's the chief negotiator, American negotiator, is handing them everything they want. Even the Russians are surprised and saying, we we don't understand what's going on. The Americans are saying yes to everything. Taking the Revolutionary Guard Corps off the terrorism list, lifting sanctions against them and their generals and Khamenei and Raisi, who's a a murderer, nominal president, but murderer. Uh, It looks like not only are they gonna be able to do whatever they want, then again, an almost immediate infusion of $90 billion. Now, just to put that in a, in, in a sense of, of scale, Israel gets about $3 billion a year from the United States. So the rough, rough equivalent of 30 years of American aid to Israel is going to go immediately to Iran. And we know very well that it's not going to be used for humanitarian purposes. It's going to go be recycled back into the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps Quds Force. And the people who are gonna get hurt most by it, in addition to Israel, are the Emirates, the Saudis, uh, you know, the, the regimes along the, the Gulf, the Egyptians probably as well. So they're not in, in any incline, inclined mood to do anything good for America right now as a favor, certainly not. I'd also believe that the UAE and Saudi Arabia can't be too pleased with the Biden administration's handling of the Houthi threat uh, in Yemen, which has obviously hit Saudi Arabia and now increasingly the UAE hard. One of the first moves Joe Biden made as president was to remove the Houthis from the terrorist list. Big mistake. And to to take air defenses out of Saudi Arabia. A a great point that not enough people are talking about. At, At the time when the Saudis needed the most Biden removes the air defenses when the drones and the rockets are raining down on Saudi Arabia. Hey, Russia, Ukraine, we've got to talk about it, of course, as a military expert, strategic analyst, reserve major in the IDF. What's your take on this Russian campaign so far? It looks like they're running into a whole lot of problems. The Russian army is not performing well. And it's obviously not performing well. There are numerous possible reasons that are beyond, I think, what we can do in this show, maybe a follow-up at one point where we can talk about what, what makes armies work and not work. Uh, the, the Ukrainians are certainly performing better than expected and the Russians less well. Now, since this is a Russian attack, they have the full capability to speed up and slow down based on their performance. In other words, this is not a, an, a, an equal level kind of a battle where if your offensive slows down, your enemy can start launching counterattacks. The 
the Ukrainian army doesn't have that capability in any, in any real scale. So I think that, that Putin right now is, is, um, is rethinking. He's continuing to press in what I believe is his primary objective, which is the south, the north shore of uh, the Black Sea, actually the Sea of Azov, which is the, the small sea between uh, Crimea and, and uh, Rostov. And that's what he really wants. He wants that land bridge to Sevastopol. He would have done more if his army performed well. I think he's taking losses. I, I saw an American estimate, by the way. I don't believe the Russians and I don't believe the Ukrainians on this. And, and not because they are necessarily, necessarily liars, although the Russians certainly are, the Russian government. Uh, but, but in war, truth is the first casualty. Nobody, nobody gives out real information. The American estimates look like the Russians have lost between four and 5,000 men. Wow. That's in two weeks. Okay, that's a lot of people. And he's got a problem. Putin cannot back down, he's a dictator. He cannot look weak, not from the global point of view, from a domestic point of view. He knows very well that his opposition within Russia declared and not declared. You know, friends come and go, enemies accumulate. Uh, it, yesterday's friends, uh, he, he's got to remain looking, you know, strong and deliver the goods. He's not delivering the goods. He's a 70-year-old with grandiose plans and no place to go. And I'm going to sort of loop that back to America's fears, which I think are legitimate. You, and, and for that matter, Israel's. You don't want to poke this guy in too many places at once because you don't know how he's going to respond. Great point and a great way to close it out. And we were talking before we came on, Elliot, about Israel's handling uh, of this whole situation. Israel in a tough spot, of course. Yes. Uh, but handling it, you, you believe, pretty well so far. I think so, yes. In the few yes. seconds we have left. Okay. Uh, look, I think there's been a lot of finessing. Uh, Prime Minister Bennett going going to Moscow, meeting with Putin, being in co in contact with Zelensky, uh, networking out to the Germans and the Americans, a couple of phone calls back and forth. There are two questions here. Will anything come of it? The answer is I have no idea because there are too many moving parts in this. But Israel has been playing this very well, given that here in the neighborhood, we're beating up Russia's allies. Uh, President Herzog is in Turkey now. I'm sure they're talking about a gas pipeline to certainly now that the Russian one is being shut down by, by NATO. That's got to hurt Putin. Uh, so sort of dancing between the raindrops, you, we're trying to be helpful. We're, we, we don't want to make you into our enemy, but you're not our friend either. How do you, how do you keep all of that in balance? Uh, right now, I'm going to give them very, very high grades. Wow. Excellent. Good to hear. And what a tinderbox, to say the least. Elliot Chodoff, we're so glad we have you keeping an eye on it for us, my friend. We'll Always have you back real soon, I know, to discuss all these issues once again. Elliot, thanks again. We always appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. Thanks again to our good friend, Israel Defense Forces Reserve Major Elliot Chodoff for those great insights. You see Elliot's information on your screen. If you want to join him on the ground in Israel for a tour, I strongly recommend that. By the way, one quick programming note before we go. 
Tomorrow, Thursday, March 10th, we will have a Watchman Newscast live stream here on the channel between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Time, so be sure to join us live and bring your questions for our Q&A session. I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for joining us today. God bless you, and remember, never hold your peace.